Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Yashoda Nandana Jaya Brajajana Ranjana Jaya Yashoda Nandana Jaya Vrajajana Ranjana Jaya Yamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Kunja Vihari Jaya Yamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare.
हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा जय प्रभु पदा श्रील प्रभु पदा जय जय प्रभु 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 पा जय जय प्रभु देवम विश्वभाद परमहंस प्रवाचिकाचार्य अष्टोदशद श्री श्रीमद इसमें ग्रह श्री भक्तिवेन्द स्वामी महाराज शिल प्रभुपाद की जय एवं विष्णुपाद परमहंस प्रवाचकाचार्य अष्टोत्तरशद श्री श्रीमद्भक्त सिद्धांत ठाकुर महाराज शील प्रभुपाद की जय आनंद कोडिवैष्णवृंद की जय नामाचार्य शील हरिदास ठाकुर की जय जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गदाधर श्रीवासादि गौरभक्तवृंद की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद्भागवतम की जय जनताय गौर प्रेमानंदे ओल ग्लोरी से संबली बोडी सोल गुरु से संबली बोडी सोल गुरु से संबली बोडी सोल गुरु श्री गुरु गौरंग ओल गुरु श्री शीला प्रभुपाद की जय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद्भागवतम कैंटो सेवन चैप्टर फाइव एंटाइटल प्रहलाद द सेंटली सन ऑफ हिरण्य कश्यपू वर्सेस ट्वेंटी थ्री एंड ट्वेंटी फोर वी आर कंटिन्यूइंग श्री प्रहलाद उवाचा श्रवणम कीर्तनम विष्णो स्मरणम पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम साख्यमात्मनिवेदनम 
श्रवणम कीर्तनम विष्णो स्मरणम पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम सख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्रवणम कीर्तनम विष्णो स्मरणम पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम सख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्री प्रहराद उच श्रवण कीर्तन विष्णो स्मरण पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम साख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्री प्रहराद उच श्रवण कीर्तन विष्णो स्मरणम पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम सख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्री प्रहराद उच श्रवण कीर्तन विष्णो स्मरण पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम सख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्री प्रदाद उच श्रवण कीर्तन विष्णो स्मरण पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम साख्यमात्मनिवेदनम श्री प्रहलाद उच श्रवण कीर्तन विष्णो स्मरण पाद सेवनम अर्चनम वंदनम दास्यम साख्यमात्मनिवेदनम दीपुंसर्दा विष्णो भक्ति चेन्नवलक्षण क्रिएद भगवत्यदा तन्मेधीतमुतम प्रहलाट हियरिंग एंड चैंटिंग अबउट द ट्रांसेंडेंटल होली नेम फोम क्वाटी पेरेफेनली एंड पास टाइम्स ऑफ लॉर्ड विष्णु रिमेबरिंग दैम सर्विंग द लोडस फीट ऑफ द लॉर्ड ऑफरिंग द लॉर्ड रेस्पेक्टफुल वर्शिप विथ सिक्सटीन टाइप्स ऑफ पेरेफेनलिया offering praise to the lord becoming his servant considering the lord wants best friend and surrendering everything unto him in other words serving him with the body mind and words these nine processes processes are accepted as pure devotional service one who has dedicated his life to the service of krishna through this nine methods should be understood to be the most learned person for he has acquired complete knowledge purport by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shila prabhupad so now we are going to the fifth process like shravanam kirtanam vishnoha smaranam pada sevanam now we are at archanam so today we will read archanam and uh, it's a long purport so what we will do we will read partially discuss and then move on hmm? 
we'll complete archanam but uh, we'll take steps in reading it after padasevanam comes the process of archanam worship of the deity if one is interested in the process of archanam one must positively take shelter of a bona fide spiritual master and learn the process from him there are many books for archana especially narada pancharatra in this age pancharatra system is particularly recommended for archana deity worship there are two systems of archana the bhagavata system and the pancharatriki system in the shrimad bhagavatam there is no recommendation of pancharatriki worship because in this kaliyuga even without deity worship everything can be perfectly performed simply through hearing chanting remembering and worship of the lotus feet of the lord rupa goswami states shri vishnu shravane parikshita bhavat vayasiki kirtane prahrada smarane tadangri bhajane lakshmi prathu poojane akurastu abhivandane kavibadir dasyetha sakherjuna sarvatmana nivedane belirabhut krishnaptiresham param parikshit maharaj attained salvation simply by hearing and sugadev goswami attained salvation simply by chanting pralad maharaj attained salvation by remembering the lord the goddess of fortune lakshmi devi attained perfection by worshiping the lord's lotus feet prudu maharaj attained salvation by worshiping the deity of the lord akrura attained salvation by offering prayers hanuman by rendering service arjuna by establishing friendship with the lord and bali maharaj by offering everything to the service of the lord all these great devotees served the lord according to a particular process but every one of them attained salvation and became eligible to return home back to godhead this is explained in shrimad bhagavatam it is therefore recommended that initiated devotees follow the principles of narada pancharatra by worshiping the deity in the temple especially for household devotees who are opulent in material possessions the path of deity worship is strongly recommended an opulent household devotee who does not engage his hard earned money in the service of the lord is called a miser one should not engage paid brahmanas to worship the deity if one does not personally worship the deity but engages paid servants instead he is considered lazy and his worship of the deity is called artificial an opulent householder can collect luxurious paraphernalia for deity worship and consequently for household devotees the worship of the deity is compulsory in our krishna consciousness movement there are brahmacharis grihasthas vanaprasthas and sanyasis but the deity worship in the temple should be performed especially by the householders the brahmacharis can go with the sanyasis to preach and the vanaprasthas should prepare themselves for the next status of renounced life sanyasa grihastha devotees however are generally engaged in material activities and therefore if they do not take to deity worship their falling down is positively assured deity worship means following the rules and regulations precisely that will keep one steady in devotional service generally householders have children and then the wives of the householders should be engaged in caring for the children just as 
women acting as teachers care for the children in a nursery school mm. grihastha devotees must adopt the archana vidhi or deity worship according to the suitable arrangements and directions given by the spiritual master regarding those unable to take to deity worship in the temple there is the following statement in the agni purana any householder devotee circumstantially unable to worship the deity must at least see the deity worship and in this way he may achieve success also the special purpose of deity worship is to keep oneself always pure and clean grihastha devotees should be should be actual examples of cleanliness deity worship should be continued along with hearing and chanting therefore every mantra is preceded by the word namaha in all the mantras there are specific potencies of which the grihastha devotees must take advantage there are many mantras preceded by the word namaha but if one chants the holy name of the lord he receives the result of chanting nama many times by chanting the holy name of the lord one can reach the platform of love of godhead one might ask then what is the necessary of being initiated the answer is that even though the chanting of the holy name is sufficient to enable one to progress in spiritual life to the standard of love of godhead one is nantalas susceptible to contamination because of possessing a material body consequently a special stress is given to the archana vidhi one should therefore regularly take advantage of both the bhagavata process and the pancharatrigi process so we will discuss so far and then we will get into the offenses in deity worship om ajnana timiranthasya ജനശലാകയാക്ഷൂരിൻമിലിതംയേനാസ്മൈശ്രീഗുരവേനമഹാശ്രീചൈതന്യമനോഭീഷ്ടം ൃഷ്ണചൈതന്യദേവംശ്രീരാധാകൃഷ്ണപാദാൻസഹഗണലിതാശ്രീവിശാഖാന്യുതാശ്ചേ ൃപാസിന്ധുഭ്യേവാദിഗോരഭക്തവൃന്ദേ ഭൂതൈർമഹാത്ഭിർമാശേതേതമൂഷപൂരുഷംഗ്രിഷീഷ്ടഭഗവാൻ വചാംസി മേ ഹരികൃഷ്ണ വി ആർ കണ്ടി
Navavidha Bhakti. That is the nine items of devotional service. In terms of practice of Krishna consciousness, these two verses, or particularly this verse 23, is the heart of the practice of Krishna consciousness. And so, we need to exactly know what are these nine items of devotional service and how can we practically use in our devotional life. So, just to give these progressive stages up to Archanam, which is the topic of discussion today, we can understand that devotional service starts with Shravanam and Kirtanam. So, there is nothing further without Shravanam and Kirtanam. So, to start with, it is Shravanam because how do we know about Krishna without Shravanam? So, it can be hearing from the devotees or it can be reading, but in either case, it is Shravanam. Shravanam will lead to Kirtanam and there will be Shravanam and Kirtanam running simultaneously. So, that is chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So, in chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, what we are supposed to do is, we had to chant and we had to hear the mantra. Hmm? So, it is, it, they had to go parallel, chanting and hearing. So, this is Shravanam and Kirtanam. And there we discussed about offenses even against the holy name. So, for example, inattentive chanting is an offense against the holy name. Hmm? Here in this verse, we can also hear the offenses against the deity worship and there is a huge list that we are going to discuss towards the end of this class as well. And now, uh, when there is some kind of maturity in Shravanam and Kirtanam, then one can come to the stage of Vishnoho Smaranam or remembrance of Krishna or Vishnu. How is it possible? Because one is trained in chanting and hearing what we are chanting. So the purpose of chanting is not just to complete the rounds, but to hear what we are chanting. So we need to avoid distracted chanting because that in itself is a bad habit and it is very difficult to remove these bad habits, you know. Bad habits actually die hard, we know. So the purpose of chanting is to hear and when we progress in hearing and chanting, when we hear what we are chanting, which is the easiest thing to do in one sense because we are here chanting and we are trying to hear, when we progress in that, naturally we tend to remember Krishna. So the, the, the natural progression of hearing and chanting is remembrance of Krishna. So we may be chanting 16 rounds in the morning. So during the day, we tend to think about Krishna and also our absorption in Shastra, in teachings of Krishna will increase very naturally. So we had to take hearing and chanting very seriously and that will lead to natural process of Smaranam. However, even those who are not chanting, they may also remember Krishna here and there, we know. If you are aware of the Vedic culture, if you are born there, then you may remember Vishnu, Krishna, Lord, here and there. But when we talk about Smaranam, in a serious manner, it is only by the result of hearing and chanting, then only we can have a continued listening. Otherwise, it is not possible to have listening, because the mind will not allow us to listen anything. And then, remember the Lord. So, the actual remembering starts from when one is matured in hearing and chanting.
and from there smaranam will not end there why because maranam will lead to padasevanam and that was yesterday's class and what is padasevanam padasevanam has very specific meaning in one sense but there is a broad understanding of padasevanam which was explained yesterday so padasevanam means serving the lord is feet of the lord and as we heard today lakshmi devi perfected that process however lakshmi devi is not only massaging the feet of the lord she does other services also as it is mentioned lakshmi devi takes the broom and cleanses vaikuntha loka even though there is no dust simply to attract the mercy of the lord so padasevanam includes all the menial services that we perform in connection to worship of the lord if you clean anything in the temple maybe the temple room maybe the courtyard maybe the toilet everything is part of padasevanam even the pot washing it is padasevanam sangadath prabhu used to say you know always used to say you know i have i have worship you know i have washed the pots for so many years and he used to say look washing the lord's pots that is washing the lotus feet of the lord it's actually a very advanced realization and it is very authentic according to shastra it is actually part of pada sevanam and vishnu chakratakur mentions in the commentary to this verse as menial service to the lord is actually pada sevanam so there are ample of opportunities for pada sevanam now when we talk about pada sevanam in a higher status meaning when it is performed by an advanced devotee there the remembrance is included so we can ask anyone to clean the courtyard so certainly it is pada sevanam but it is not necessarily in the capacity of one who is matured in smaranam so the real pada sevanam or in other words advanced pada sevanam starts when one is matured in both in all three hearing chanting smell three or four sorry all three sorry that is shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam then one one is matured in three then the fourth stage starts in a very high capacity in a more absorbed capacity similarly now we are entering into the fifth one which is archanam so in archanam technically starts in a higher capacity when one is matured in pada sevanam so deity worship can also be in pada sevanam at the same time the complete archanam starts when one is matured in pada sevanam so shravanam kirtanam vishnu smaranam pada sevanam concluded and then the archanam starts at the same time we had to understand that to be engaged in certain aspects of deity worship one doesn't have to perfect any of this or one doesn't have to be matured for example seeing the deity it is deity worship taking charanamrita it is part of deity worship but okay to do them in the highest standard of course one has to be matured but simply to be engaged anyone can do that even a neophyte can do that so or not even a devotee somebody maybe just guest just come and see the beautiful form of the lord and they do appreciate the beautiful form of the lord you can bring anyone from any culture they appreciate the beauty of the lord so to start with archanam in a very basic level anyone can however to perform properly one has to go through all four stages at least to some capacity now uh first 
we will see here in itself, in this verse translation itself it is mentioned, what is Archanam? Archanam means deity worship. But what is Archanam? Here this translation is very interesting, very complete because it is very clearly mentioned right in the beginning itself, right in the translation itself that offering the Lord respectful worship with 16 types of paraphernalia. So this Shodasha Upacharas. These are the, this is called deity worship. So very technical translation is given. What is uh, this deity worship? That is worshipping the Lord with the 16 Upacharas. So there are 16 items of worship and by that if you worship the Lord that is called deity worship. Hmm? So in our, not all worship we don't use all the 16 Upacharas. However in any complete worship we need to use all 16 Upacharas. So that is called Shodasha Upacharas. Hmm? Shodasha means 16. What are they? We uh, use them in Saligram worship for example. If in any complete puja there has to be 16 offerings. What are they? First, we had to offer asana for the Lord to sit. Then invite the Lord. Right? After that offer Padyam to uh, wash the feet. Then Achamaniyam so can, he, he can wash his hand and the mouth is for the Lord and after that one can offer sorry before that Arghim Arghim he will take the Arghim in his hand and he put it on his head and then Achamaniyam in Achamaniyam Achamaniyam water he washes his hand and his mouth this is all for the Lord and after that we offer Madhuparka so it's a drink made of Panjamrata it's a Madhuparka with more honey in it that's a Madhuparka he will drink and after that Again a chamania, so cleanses again the hand, mouth, etc. After that, invite the Lord for bathing. Then do the bathing of the Lord and clean the Lord, etc. Then offer vastra, offer garments for the Lord. After that, what to do? Offer all the abharanas, all the decorations for the Lord. You know, the crown, mala, all those kind of things. Then offer gandha. So gandha means the sandalwood paste, apply them. Then after that, Pushpani, we had to offer flowers, flower decoration and even one can offer garland, everything is part of the next stage, everything is part of Pushpa. Then is Dhupa, incense. Then the Arati with the lamp. After that is final, almost the final item is Bhoga offering, Bhoga offering. And after Bhoga offering, Pranama. So these are the 16 Upacharas. So the, using the 16 Upacharas, we have to worship the Lord. So generally in temple worship, you can see the 16 Upacharas. In Pujas, we use all the 16 Upacharas as sequence. Whereas in other worship, part of that is being used. So for Radhavalabha, the complete offering is given through Saligram because that's where we do the 16 Upacharas. Whereas Radhavalabha, we don't do all those items, not necessarily, especially in the sequence. Of course, we offer incense and a few, but we, in one sense we offer, but in different times, in different ways, but not necessarily in that particular sequence. So these are, so worshipping the Lord according to rules and regulations using 16 Upacharas is called deity worship. So deity worship is not just doing whatever we want, according to our own speculation, our own knowledge, no. There is a system that has already been established. We'll discuss a little bit more about that. And to give a background, the DT can be made of how many elements? 
or how many ways the DT can be made of? Any idea? Here, what is the DT made of originally? Metal, marble, metal, marble, and wood. We can see here DT is made of metal, stone, and wood. Hmm? But there are eight. Eight elements can be used to make the Lord. One is stone, wood, metal, then earth. There are earthen deities you can make, make out of clay. Paint, we can paint the Lord and one can worship. So for example, home, also everyone does deity worship, right? You need only a picture. You don't even need a deity. People consider, okay, we are having a deity installation at home. Actually, uh, in one sense, it is not superior in one sense, having a deity compared to a picture. Because that, the picture of the Lord is also deity. So one can do the incense offering, one cannot do the bathing or dressing, may not be able to do. But other items can be offered to a picture of Radhavallava. And that is also deity worship one can do at home. One may think that if, if I have a deity, actually a metal deity or a marble deity, then it's deity worship. Otherwise it's not deity worship. That's a wrong understanding. So that's why if one is staying close to the temple, it is recommended Radhavallava, Gornitai, Jagannath, Bala, Sudra, Saligdam, they are our deities. So home worship is minimum. Main worship is in the temple. So the deity worship is there everywhere. How are we otherwise offering bhoga to the Lord at home? So the deity worship is there everywhere. That's where it can also be paint. Or it can be sand. Bhagavatam in the 11th canto mentioned about the worship with the sand. How do you worship on the sand? No, that is almost like a clay. No, you draw on the sand, you can draw the form of the Lord, one can worship and after that one can erase. So there is a procedure for everything. Can you see? So if you think about deity worship, it is very universal and very much accessible. One doesn't need so much of means to do it. It's very simple in that sense. Of course, there are rules and regulations that make it more complicated. Or it can be jewel. Jewel. One can have jewel deities, okay? More expensive. May not be very practical, but jewel deities also we can have. So sometimes someone may even try to steal if there is a jewel deity. That's why Prabhupada didn't want opulent ornaments for the Lord. Why? Because someone can come and steal everything. But we can still use pure material for the ornaments, you know, pearl and things like that, which are semi-precious, but which are pure, crystals, etc. So that is a possibility. Uh, otherwise, the deity can be stolen. In South India, I know we have a family temple is there. The pujari opened one day, the door, deities were missing. There were two deities, both were missing, both made of some panchaloha or whatever, precious metal, I think gold and these things like Deities were missing. Then they had to again, everyone gave their gold and this and they made another deity, small deities, but they again made and they again installed. So. So that is, if, and think about it with jewel, and if someone comes to know, they can make all the plans to steal the deities as well. But that is also a bona fide way of worshipping. And finally, if nothing is there, one can worship the Lord within the mind. So that is also a deity worship. So can you see, the archanam process is such a vast and universal process. Hmm? Yeah, but uh, one has to be careful because here whatever is mentioned is pure materials. So, generally in a standard 
DT worship process better to use pure materials. Then, of course, if we evolve to a stage, if we make so much of progress that we cannot get any pure material, which can be the case now also, then one may have to resort to whatever is available. Because the Lord can manifest in any material. <laughs> the Lord is not restricted as such. So he can manifest in any way. But when it comes to the Panjaratrigi with the proper worship, or whatever is mentioned are all pure materials. That's the point. So this is the deity made of. However, there is a very point, very important point that in the process of Prana Pradishta or the installation, what takes place, even though the deity is made of matter, that matter is transformed into spirit. So the Lord descends to that form. Srila Prabhupada explains that uh, at the request of an Acharya, the Lord actually manifests in that material form. Apparently it's material so that we can see, we can worship. But by the request of a pure devotee, the Lord actually manifests. So that is the essence of installation. That's why Srila Prabhupada said in Vrindavan temple installation, the most important thing is Kirtan. So devotees should do Kirtan, whereas let the caste brahmanas, they do the installation process. That is okay. But the real installation is kirtan in which the devotees are requesting the Lord to manifest. So here we can see that it is upon the request of the Lord, the Lord of the devotee, the Lord comes down. So that's why the Lord has many expansions. He has his para form, he has his leela form, he has his vyuha form. And the fourth one is archa form. Archa form. So that is the deity. Why there is a deity form? Because we cannot ac access the Lord's para form. The form in the spiritual world. That is the para form, transcendental form. We cannot access. We cannot see, we cannot serve. He has his Vyuha expansion. Can we access Vyuha expansion? Sankarsana, Pradimana, Anirudha, Vasudeva? No. He has his Leela forms. Krishna came as Krishna, Vamana, so many Leela avatars. Lord Ram, so many Leela avatars. Can we access them? Are they here? No. So the only way we can serve the Lord and we can do all the upacharas is through the Archa Vigraha. Only through the Archa Vigraha. And that's why Srila Prabhupada established this process and it is this process is very inherent to Vaishnava procedures, Vaishnava worship. So very inherent. We need this. So Srila Prabhupada explains and in the process of installation that matter transforms into spirit. So we don't say marble. We don't say that the deity is marble. We say Krishna is Krishna. Sachidananda Vigraha. That's all. Now, what is the purpose of Archanam and what is given here? There are two systems that, is, that they are mentioned of Archanam. One is Bhagavad Vidhi and one is Pancharatrika Vidhi. Hmm? Bhagavad Vidhi and Pancharatrika Vidhi. So, in uh, Bhagavad Vidhi, there is no real process of worshipping the deity as, as such in Bhagavad Vidhi. It is not there. So, what entails this Bhagavad Vidhi? Chanting of Hare Krishna Mahamantra, it is Bhagavad Vithi. Distributing books, Bhagavad Vithi. Running a preaching center, Bhagavad Vithi. Hmm? So we can see anything to do with hearing, chanting, smaranam, you know, Shramanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu Smaranam, they are all part of Bhagavad Vithi and then there is no deity worship involved in it. And 
in the Pancharatrika Vidhi, there is deity worship and there are so many items which are connected to the deity worship. For example, even the initiation that we go through, so initiation, we have initiation, that is actually part of Pancharatriki Vidhi. So if you hear uh, our Puranas, we don't hear so much about Pancharatriki initiation. Of course there are, but I am saying the famous ones are not really Pancharatriki. Krishna initiated Arjuna on the battlefield of Kurukshetra. Arjuna surrendered to Krishna. Shishyasteham shadhimam tvam prapannam. Krishna didn't give him any name. Didn't ask chant 16 rounds. There was no fire. <laughs> right? So it is actually Bhagavad Vidhi. So there, Guru actually initiated the disciple and disciple accepted the Guru and that's it. And ever after he was able to follow that. To, of course it was instructional, but we can see that even when uh, Krishna left this world, Pandavas retire timely, first canto of Srimad Bhagavatam. We can see that Arjuna immediately remembered the instruction given by the Lord during the battlefield of Kurukshetra, in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, and he, he consoled himself and he acted on his duty. So we can see he carried all this instruction throughout his life. When Maitreya, third canto of Bhagavatam, Maitreya met Uddhava and later, sorry, uh, Vidura met Uddhava first and then Maitreya, there was no Pancharatriki initiation. Vidura's name was not changed. So Bhagavad Vidhi is different. But here we have Pancharatriki Vidhi. And our initiation, there is a name giving ceremony, Diksha Mantra is given. So things are taken more seriously. Why there is fire, why there is deity, why there are Vaishnavas, why the spiritual master? Because then we take it very seriously. So, and also the Yajna in itself is purificatory. The Yajna in itself is purificatory. There is chanting of the holy name. There are blessings given by Vaishnavas and we are taking a vow in front of the fire, in front of the Vaishnava, in front of the spiritual master and in front of the deity. So that we take it very seriously and we follow throughout our life. So in ISKCON we can see Srila Prabhupada has combined both Bhagavata Vidhi and Pancharatrika Vidhi and both are important. Prabhupada very expertly combined these two aspects. We'll explain how and why. Prabhupada could have simply uh, engaged his disciples in preaching, distribute books, open preaching centers, and make more devotees. But Prabhupada, initial stage, it was Bhagavad Vidhi, the initial Kirtan, etc. But soon after, Prabhupada wanted the deity worship to be established. So Prabhupada used both aspects very effectively. Can you see that? He used both aspects very effectively. So why deity worship? So here in this purport, there is a very strong emphasis for grihasthas to perform deity worship. Very strong emphasis. Grihastha devotees, however, are generally engaged in material activities and therefore, if they do not take to deity worship, their falling down is positively assured. So this is a statement of Prabhupada. In this <laughs> significant verse, in the purport, we had to consider, so importantly Prabhupada has mentioned. So the falling down is guaranteed, almost positively assured. What else can we say? <laughs> 
<laughs> so Prabhupada says, yes, we have to be engaged in deity worship and especially the Grihastha devotees because Grihastha devotees means Grihastha devotees have to go out and work and has to deal a lot with material energy. Making plans, how much money to earn, how much to save, what to do, what is the retirement plan. So many planning is involved in Grihastha life and which are supportive of Krishna consciousness but at the same time one can easily be deviated. It doesn't take a lot of time to get deviated. And one can get very easily be enamored by the material energy. Isn't it? The material energy is very powerful. And also, there is a lot of material sangha also. If you don't have any attraction for something, someone will tell, yeah, get that, that's really good. The big house, this car, this is the way to live. So, one can easily be deviated from the purpose of life. And so, to center the focus... Prabhupada said, okay, one need to be engaged in deity worship where there is a form and there is an opportunity to serve. And of course, there is a reciprocation of the Lord as well. Hmm? Now, going on this point, uh, here it is mentioned that uh, uh, Prabhupada very clearly mentioned that here, it gives two things for the devotee. Hmm? One can become what? In deity worship. One can become steady in devotion service and one can become clean. Steadiness and cleanliness. These are the two results of engaging in deity worship. So when we talk about cleanliness, it is both external and internal. Both kind of cleanliness we can get. So that's why when we do a puja, uh, here also it's mentioned when we do a puja, uh, there are things to be done before the puja. For example, Bhuta Shuddhi. There are first purification of different items from gross to subtle. Uh, for example, the flowers, the garlands, uh, the items, the bell, you know, different things. We, that's worship actually. But otherwise, there are sequence of purification. But the ultimate purification is Bhuta Shuddhi. So after Atma Shuddhi, then it's a Bhuta Shuddhi. Bhuta Shuddhi means purifying one's own existence by identifying oneself as the servant of the spiritual master, servant of Lord Chaitanya, servant of Radha Krishna, etc. So identifying oneself as the servant of the Parampara and the Supreme Lord. So this is the ultimate purification. That's called Bhuta Shuddhi. So before any worship, one has to chant the Bhuta Shuddhi prayers. So we can see that deity worship has the internal purification and of course in the process of deity worship we get purified as well. So in, even right from the beginning till end it is very purificatory. And since the deity worship according to the Pancharatrika Vidhi has to be according to rules and regulations that will help us to be steady. So if there is no Mangalarati who is going to get up early in the morning? Mm. Our chanting is from 5 to 7. Okay, we say only chanting. We all know that if we attend Mangalarati and we chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra, that chanting is superior, that is better. Mm. Even if we do the deity worship in the altar and if we come out and if we chant Krishna's names, it is better. Why? Because we are already engaging subtle body in service of Krishna. And gross body as well. When we attend Mangalarati, we are seeing, we are hearing. So the consciousness is getting purified and then we pick up and we start chanting. That chanting is better. Because we already start to absorb in Krishna. 
Similarly, if you go to the altar and if you do deity worship and then if you start chanting, it's even superior. Because we are practically engaging everything in service of the Lord and then we start to chant the Hare Krishna Mahamantra. So it is very supportive of our sadhana. So Srila Prabhupada introduced deity worship so that the devotees can be fixed up. Hmm? Then to practice practical external and internal cleanliness. Then also to understand that Krishna is a person. In the, by the process of deity worship we can understand that Krishna is a person. He has his likes and dislikes and we have to serve him in a certain way. So to understand the personality of Krishna we need to be engaged in deity worship. Otherwise Krishna becomes very theoretical. Isn't it? If you haven't seen a picture of Krishna, think about it. How difficult it is to connect to Krishna. In whole life we haven't even seen a picture of Krishna. When Srila Prabhupada was preaching, that was the situation in the West. In one lecture Prabhupada asked, have you ever seen a picture of Krishna to a group of newcomers? They all told, no. Can you see? So to them he was preaching and then he brought a picture and showed them. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. So that is one sense. That is the beginning of understanding the personality of Godhead. Okay, there is a form as it is described in the Shastra. So when devotees were painting, Prabhupada guided them. Whether the painting of Krishna or the deity. Or how to worship the deity. Prabhupada taught everyone. So it is to understand that Krishna is a personality and also developing a relationship with Krishna in service. So this is an effective way by which one can develop a relationship with Krishna in service. And we can see how Krishna reciprocates. So it's very powerful and that's why Srila Prabhupada introduced this Archanam process. Then also we had to understand that in the Archanam all other preceding processes, preceding angas are included in archanam. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnoho, Smaranam, Padasevanam. These four are included in archanam. Why? How there is Shravanam and Kirtanam? There are mantras to be chanted. And what are these mantras? Jiva Goswami explains in Kramasandarbha that actually mantra means the holy name of the Lord. Mantra means the holy name of the Lord. We are simply chanting the holy name of the Lord. Srila Prabhupada writes here, there are different namaha in this. Namaha means I offer obeisances unto you. That's the meaning of namaha. So there are many namaha in different mantras. For example, Om Namo Bhagavad Vasudevaya. Namaha is there. So we can see this kind of words, namaha. Jiva Goswami says that the heart of the mantra is the holy name. And the sages have added suffixes and prefixes. <laughs> That's what he says. There are words which are added before and after. But ultimately the heart of the mantra is the holy name. So Shravanam and Kirtanam are part of Archanam. And naturally Smaranam is also part of Archanam. Because in all pujas there is a Manasa puja as well. When you do an, a proper puja then there has to be a Manasa puja. Before, that is called 
there is a bahya puja and there is a manasa puja so bahya puja is we offer the items to the lord externally and manasa puja we offer the same items within the mind we will read that story very beautiful story that is given towards the end of this archanam but there is a manasa puja as well so in all pujas we had to do manasa puja in salagram puja we had to do manasa puja before actually we do the external puja we offer everything to the lord in the mind and then we actually offer externally so uh, it is very important to be engaged in the deity worship process then naturally one question comes that shravanam kirtanam vishnoh smaranam is included then padasevanam is also included because padasevanam is any menial service in connection to the deities so that is also included in archanam because archanam is the maturity of padasevanam here it is also mentioned that one can perfect simply by hearing and chanting so one may think why do we need brahmanical initiation isn't it because shravanam kirtanam can everything can be done then why do we need brahmanical initiation and is it required many devotees have asked this question to me so we can directly refer to prabhupada's purport in itself let's hear from prabhupada i'll just read that part which we read already Prabhupada writes, so here the point is, it is sufficient to enable one to progress in spiritual life to the standard of love of Godhead, which one? Hearing and chanting. But one is nonetheless susceptible to contamination because of possessing a material body. Consequently, special stress is given to the Archanavidhi. We are not only hearing and chanting. <laughs> We are dealing with the outside world a lot. because of that one has to do take part in archana vidhi one has to perform deity worship as well so it is a direct instruction from shrila prabhupada so for for example here in our temple shrila prabhupada uh, directly asked will you be able to manage treeman arati in connection to you know deity worship three manarathi can we will you be able to manage three manarathi and i think that time the president told yes so we can see morning arathi mangala arathi and seven o'clock arathi it is all three manarathi so that standard is maintained it's a high high standard if you think we had this uh pujari's ishtagoshti couple of weeks back then achindra rubmaji was making a very interesting and very important point she told that back in the days there were not enough pujaris hmm? now we have plenty of pujaris for most of the things probably not for cooking <laughs> but <laughs> we had we had only a very few pujaris and there was another discussion took place where where they were thinking whether to reduce the standard or not whether to reduce the standard or, or not that which is present now and that which was established at the time of shrila prabhupada and that time the devotees came to the conclusion that even though we may have to do a lot more services still we are not going to reduce the standard of deity worship so that is commitment can you see that is the real steadiness and commitment and mother you was mentioning because of that see now they have been merciful after a few decades we have so many devotees to perform deity worship there is a queue 
some devotees tell me, you know, Prabhu, can I get one, you know, Prabhu, can you do something, can you get one service? I said, you know, I can't do anything, speak to Bhaktiman Prabhu. <laughs> and Bhaktiman Prabhu says, you know, I can't do anything. <laughs> so, the, so that's how it is. So, the Lord has reciprocated that we have many pujaris to do the deity worship. So, it is very personal service to the Lord for the pleasure of the Lord. So, that's why the rules and regulations are for the pleasure of the Lord. It's not according to our own whims. I remember a statement by His Holiness uh, Kadambakana Swami Maharaj regarding deity worship. The difference between home deity worship and temple deity worship. It's worth considering this point. It's a very, very nice point and it's very nice to remember this point. Maharaj mentioned that uh, at home or in the temple, let's start from the temple. In the temple, all the services are centered around the desire of the deities. They have that time, we have to serve according to their time, according to punctuality, whatever they need. We cannot do whatever we want. The items that we are offering, we cannot change. Morning, you know, 10 past 4, we offer milk sweets. Now today I cannot tell, you know, instead of milk sweets, let me offer something, let me offer some other laddu. Now we cannot do that. We cannot do whatever we want, but we have to move around according to their desire. But in home deity worship, it is pretty much the deities are part of the family and the deities are accepting things according to our convenience. So there, our convenience is pretty much the center. Hmm? Where the deities standards are not the center. Of course, there are some basic standards. That's why home deity worship, the standard has to be very basic. I will offer one offering and an incense. As simple as that. So it has to be very basic standard. Otherwise, what will happen? One will not be able to maintain the standard. I have seen this. Those who are having deities and they have having full puja every day. Gauranitai, Radha Krishna, etc. Full puja every day. But it was just a matter of time. They couldn't maintain the standard. So that's why the home standard has to be very basic. That which we can manage, even though when the life gets busier. And first of all, for the deity worship at home, we don't need a deity made of marble or metal or anything like that. A photo is more than enough. Because there is a recommendation here, a painting, paint, a deity from the painting, that is a deity. One shouldn't think it's any less. The problem is, it's a lack of desire or lack of devotion and lack of standard that we are following, that's all. Otherwise, the deity is a deity in whichever form. One can offer the bhoga, one can do the worship accordingly. And personally speaking, um, I got my second initiation uh, the day I got, uh, when, the day I moved, moved into the ashram. <laughs> so, uh, it, I can say over the years it was very helpful for me. Very, very helpful for me to be steady in Krishna consciousness, you know. To come in the morning, attend the program and to develop a relationship with the Lord. And also, it very much helped and is helping my sadhana. So, the deity worship is very helpful for all of us. And that's why one shouldn't think that, you know, look, it's not for me. It's not for me. That is not the right mentality. Srila hmm. Prabhupada, in one lecture, mentioned a very interesting point about Archanam. As it is mentioned in this purport, one can get perfection through any of the angas of bhakti, of this nine processes, anything can give perfection. 
However, generally, it's a very advanced topic. Generally, when one is perfecting, one doesn't go back home back to Godhead directly. One doesn't go to Golaga Vrindavan directly. Where one goes? Yeah, one goes to Bhauma Vrindavan and in Bhauma Vrindavan or Vrindavan in this world where Krishna is actually descending, there one get trained <laughs> by the strong association of Krishna's eternal associates and there is the final training before going back home, back to Godhead. Can you see that is the final training ground, of course with Krishna, with his eternal associates, but the pastimes which are taking place in the earth, in the Bhauma Vrindavan. Srila Prabhupada mentioned, if one is getting perfection through Archanam, then he said, such a person can go back home, back to Godhead directly. One doesn't need training here. <laughs> he said, if one can get perfected through Archanam, that is very high. Hmm? Not easy, by the way, <laughs> but Prabhupada glorified Archanam in this way. Hmm? Now, uh, we will move on to the next section. They are the offenses in deity worship and there is a huge list. I will start read and explain a little bit which are important and which are relevant now. Deity worship has two divisions namely pure and mixed with fruity activities. For one who is steady deity worship is compulsory. Observing the various types of festivals such as Sri Janmashtami, Ramanavami and Narasimha Chaturdashi is also included in the, in the process of the deity worship. In other words, it is compulsory for householder devotees to observe these festivals. Now please understand that it is mandatory for us to observe these festivals. That is one point. And in Haridama uh, Chintamani, Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentioned that if one has a very bad sadhana, if the sadhana is not good, if one's uh, chanting is not really good, one way of picking up one's sadhana is by complete observance of festivals. Just get absorbed in the festival. Be completely in the kirtan, right from the Mangalarati. All the morning program and whole day do service. Evening, if there's a fast break, have plenty of prasadam. Then again chanting. So the whole festival day, please engage completely. Because of that observance of festival, one gets more mercy and one's chanting will improve. So it's a recommendation from... Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself. So we can see uh, these festivals are also very powerful and by Krishna's mercy we have a lot of festivals here. <laughs> now let's go through the offenses. The following are offenses. To enter the temple with shoes or being carried on a palanquin. So why? Because one, it is dirty. Also, if one is coming on a palanquin, one thinks that one is very superior. One is very superior, you know. But we are, we are supposed to approach the Lord in a very humble mood as servant of the servant. So to have that mood also, this kind of uh, recommendation is important. Then, not to observe the prescribed festivals. So for example, it is Krishna's birthday. So it is an aparath not to approach the Lord on his day because he is being very merciful. There is a prayer in Nectar Devotion wherein the devotee is praying, kindly tell us, kindly reveal to us which is your birthday, which are the festive days so that we can follow, we can observe these days. Can you see? So these days are very special and Krishna out of his kindness, he has given these days and no to follow is an aparath, it's a seva aparath. Then to avoid offering obeisances in front of the deity. Just walk in and go. 
it is offense because we had to show that we are humble we are praying we had to approach the lord as a servant and to show that we had to give up our false ego by offering the obeisances offering obeisances and offering some prayers so we are giving our false ego otherwise do we really want to fall at anyone's feet think about before krishna consciousness okay don't worry about now now we are happy to do obeisances but otherwise no one wants to do falling at the feet it is you know unthinkable so that's why we are doing it to offer prayers in an unclean state so coming in front of the deity also in an unclean state it's not good not having washed one's hand after eating so it's actually hand and mouth we had to wash before coming in front of the lord next to offer obeisances with one hand because that's why we call you know the you know, this is uh, dandavar pranam is there uh, it has another name also eh ashtanga right saashtanga sa ashtanga saashtanga namaskara so sa ashta ashta means eight sa ashta means all the eight limbs are being used in offering obeisances to the lord so not like this you know handicap obeisances no yeah so just do both so if there is something there is a proper way of keeping it by the side and then offer the obeisances then to circumambulate directly in front of the deity means not just do this kind of circumambulation in front of the lord that is some people do you know they cannot do the circumambulation they rotate themselves as if it is a circumambulation no that's not because you are showing the back to the lord that's not what we need to do then to spread one's leg before the deity so obviously it is showing complete disrespect to sit before the deity while holding one's ankles with one hand you know like this so it is inappropriate because again showing the leg to the lord to lie down before the deity you know some people come and you know just lie down of course they are not devotees they don't know so we say you know don't lie down here it has happened you know just come there and lie there you know where the bhagavatam stand is there is you know please get up <laughs> this is not the place to sleep because here the lord is present god is here so we have to treat them respectfully that's all speak lie before the deity of course to uh, address someone loudly before the deity because you are disrespecting the lord hmm? say so for example if your spiritual master is sitting and peacefully will you go and shout in front of him about someone no to talk nonsense before the deity to use harsh words before the deity to wear a woolen blanket before the deity hmm? woolen blankets you know if you go to the altar with a big blanket no that in itself is a big show we don't have distraction in front of the lord and also specifically there is a mention of woolen blanket because the unprocessed wool generally uh, you know sheds. yeah sheds wool the wool wool yeah the fiber that's the problem so that is not allowed so even if you are doing woolen chadar wool is considered pure hari bhakti vilas explain wool is pure but it has to be treated so if you are using woolen chadar it is fine if it is treated otherwise no um then to chastise okay there are more there uh, to cry to cry before the deity to argue before the deity to chastise someone before the deity to show someone favor before the deity to use harsh words before the deity to wear a woolen blanket before the deity to blaspheme someone before the deity to uh, worship someone else before the deity hmm? say for example that's why we don't do de- demigod worship even though we understand he is the uh, you know associate of the lord can be a devotee of the lord but we cannot do in front of the lord hmm? to use vulgar 
language before the deity, to pass air before the deity, to avoid very opulent worship of the deity, even to avoid, it's a very important one, to avoid very opulent worship of the deity, even though one is able to perform it. Someone can do actually opulent worship when one is not doing it. That is being miserly. As it is mentioned, Krishna sees not just what you offer, he also sees what is held behind. He can see both. And he's, he understands, okay, so if one has opulence, then do an opulent worship according to one, one's capacity. Krishna mentions patram bushpam bhalam toyam, a leaf, water, etc. But that doesn't mean that we can only offer that. So the worship has to be according to one's capacity. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Eh? That's what I'm t- telling you. So it has to be according to one's capacity. If one is opulent, one has to do opulent. If one doesn't have, one doesn't have to. Isn't it? Exactly, that's the point. I'm t- that's the point. One has, to, one has to worship according to one's capacity. If one is rich, one has to do rich worship, isn't it? No, to uh, yeah, if you, that if you, that that means one cannot do worship according one is not worshiping according to one's capacity. That is avoiding opulent worship, even though one can do it, isn't it? Is that written there, or am I getting it wrong? Right. Yeah. So, Sanadan Goswami it is fine. He cannot. He doesn't have to offer salt. <laughs> he is worshiping under the tree. But if we also start the same thing, that is an offense. <laughs> We will not give you salt because you will ask for other things. I will not give you. And at the same time, we are having full opulent feast. <laughs> so that is not acceptable. Hmm? To eat something not offered to the deity. Ooh, this is serious, yeah? So we have to only offer bhoga to the Lord, then only eat. Okay? So not eating prasadam, not acceptable. Then, to avoid offering fresh fruits to the deity according to the season. So this is a very interesting point. This is a very interesting aspect of the deity worship. We are actually treating them as persons. They are persons and we have to treat them as persons. So seasonal flowers, seasonal fruits, and what is good according to the weather we had to offer. Even dressing. So there are details uh, given here. To offer food to the deity which has already been used or from which has first been given to others, so that is not offerable, to sit with one's back towards the deity, uh, to offer obeisances to someone else in front of the deity, uh, not to chant proper prayers when offering obeisance to the spiritual master or to the deity. If, when we are offering obeisances, one has to chant the pranam mantra. It's not a, an exercise, you know, hitting the forehead on the ground. Obeisances is not enough to... Have you seen that? Okay. Hit the head on the floor. It is not that. After hitting the head, that is fine. One has to offer the appropriate mantras. First, say when you offer obeisance to Prabhupada, one spiritual master mantra, Prabhupada mantra, to Gauranitai, start from Guru, Prabhupada, and Gauranitai. Similarly, we had to offer appropriate mantras when we are praying obeisance any time. Say, for example, we just now read the Guru Vandana translation. After that, we all paid obeisances. Then one has to chant one spiritual master, Pranam Mantra, and Srila Prabhupada Pranam Mantra. It's not like, you know, just hit the head and come back. So, this is very important. So, that's where it's mentioned. 
uh, chant proper prayers when offering obeisances to the spiritual master. Same with the deities. To praise un oneself before the deity. Hmm? Self-glorification, you know, in front of the deity. I did that, I did that. To blaspheme the demigods. Oh, so one shouldn't blaspheme the demigods because the demigods are servants of the Lord. So one shouldn't blaspheme the demigods. We had to see them as the servants. So one shouldn't blaspheme them. It's an offense. And uh, one has a reaction for that. In the worship of the deity, these 32 offenses should be avoided. <laughs> so 32 offenses are given. The list is not complete. I'll just quickly go through that. I'll mention a little bit because it's a lot there. Uh, in the Varaha Purana, uh, the following offenses are mentioned. Uh, to eat in the house of a rich man. Okay. To, not, not a devotee. Hmm? <laughs> so, I will say not a devotee. To enter the deity's room in the dark. So one has to light the lamp. To worship the deity without following the regulatory principles. To enter the temple without uh, vibrating any sound. So that is an interesting one because when we enter, we just knock the door or ring the bell, generally speaking. Slightly. If Bhagavatam class is going on, make it very, very light or just make it just conventional, just do it like that. The reason is if we enter anyone's house or if you enter any respectable person's house, we knock the door. If we enter anyone's private place, we knock the door, right? Similarly, if you are entering the deity room, we have to knock the door. If you are entering the temple, we have to knock the door, slightly. To show that respect, that okay, it is your private space. It's not my space, it is your space and I am entering, so I am showing some respect. So these are all very subtle and it is very meaningful because we are treating them as persons and they are persons. Krishna is there. Uh, then, to uh, collect food that has been seen by a dog. So my point is, it can look funny, but the reality is, if it, not just dogs, if you, we don't want to see that which we are offering to the Lord to dog or to anyone as such. The reason is, the immediate thought is, oh, that tastes very good, that puri must be very good, that halwa is very good. One can think like that. So we are trying to enjoy something which we are actually meant to give to Krishna. So we cover the plate. So if we can see the bhoga which we are going to offer to the Lord coming from the kitchen, it is covered. So we don't want to show anyone because we'll have a wrong mentality. So that while cooking, we should never think, you know, this is going to be good, I am going to have a feast. Or while offering, one shouldn't think, you know, this look, this is very tasty, maybe I should have this. No, we have to, the mind has to be, this is for Krishna, this is not for me. So to ingrain that mentality in our heart. To break silence while offering worship to the deities, don't chit chat. To go to the toilet during the time of worshipping the deity. To offer incense without be, uh, offering flowers, because we offer both together. To worship the deity with uh, forbidden flowers, very important. Certain flowers we cannot offer to Krishna, so don't. He doesn't like it. <laughs> to begin worship without having washed one's uh, teeth. To begin worship uh, to begin worship after sex, to touch a lamb, dead body or a woman during her uh, menstrual period or to put on red or bluish clothing, unwashed clothing, the clothing of others or soiled clothing. So don't do any of these things. Touch. Uh, primary thing is don't touch unclean things before worshipping the Lord. Be clean. That is the essential point. And the, the, the colors are mentioned because we don't want to uh, distract the attention of the devotees from the Lord. So here are some blue 
a few colors are mentioned. The whole idea is we shouldn't dress so opulently that when we are worshipping the Lord, people look at you, not to the Lord. <laughs> that is the whole principle. That's why certain colors are mentioned. So in essence, one shouldn't be too opulent to distract uh, the devotees from the Lord. Mm. Okay. Uh, other offenses are worship the deity after seeing a dead body to pass air before the deity, to show anger before the deity, and to worship the deity just after returning from a crematorium. After eating, one should not worship the deity until one has digested his food. Very important. Why? What happens? Stomach is full, full of prasad. I mean, the stomach go in front of the Lord, <coughs> burping. You know. So, and you can see that after full meal, it is very difficult to focus. So, in front of the Lord, we had to be very careful. We had to worship with. A lot of devotion. When the stomach is full, full, it's very difficult. So at least a couple of hours. Eat a couple of hours before the deity worship. That's the general standard. Um, okay. Nor should one touch the deity or engage in the deity worship after eating uh, safflower oil or hing. These are also offenses. So I don't know which oil it is. I know only sunflower oil. <laughs> and hing. Okay, which has some kind of effects, looks like. In other places, the following offenses are listed. To be against the uh, scriptural injunction of the Vedic literature or to disrespect within one's heart the Srimad Bhagavatam while externally falsely accepting its principles. To introduce of, uh, offering, to introduce differing shastras, to chew pan and beetle before the deity, to keep flower for worship on the leaf of a castor oil plant <laughs> to worship the deity in the afternoon, meaning the deities are sleeping, that time let them sleep, don't do the worship. We have the sleeping time for the deities, that's all. Uh, uh, to sit on the altar or sit on the floor to worship the deity without a seat because we had to respect Mother Earth as well. So there's a procedure to worship the Lord before worshiping the Lord, start the worship. To touch the deity with the left hand while bathing the deity, important, all the Gornitai bathers and others should remember, we shouldn't touch the Lord with our left hand because left hand is used for some other deity purposes as well. Uh, to worship the deity with a stale or used flower, to spit while worshiping the deity, to advertise one's glory while worshiping the deity, to apply tilaka to one's forehead in a curved way, <laughs> straight like we need, to enter the temple without having washed one's feet, to offer the deity food cooked by an uninitiated person, to worship the deity and offer bhoga to the deity within the vision of an uninitiated person or non-Vaishnava, to offer worship of the deity without worshipping Vaikuntha deities like Ganesha. So we don't do Ganesha worship, rather Srila Prabhupada introduced uh, worship of Narasimhadev. The reason being we can uh, be really carried away by the demigod worship. <laughs> So, Prabhupada didn't want that to happen. In India, there are temples where there are the main deity and the sub-deities. And some of the temples are known for the sub-deities. So, I know in Kerala, one Vishnu temple, it's actually the main deity is Vishnu, but that temple is known for the Ganesh. <laughs> so, ancient temple. So, we don't want such a thing, thing to happen. Say, for example, some temple, there will be, the main deity will be there, and on the, on the pillar, there will be a deity of Hanuman. And the whole crowd will be in front of Hanuman. And the main Lord is being neglected. <laughs> so we don't want such a thing to happen. And Prabhupada knew the danger and that's why he didn't want such a, such a thing to happen here as well. Uh, 
to worship the deity while perspiring, to refuse of uh, to refuse flowers offered to the deity, to take a vow or oath in the holy name of the Lord. These are all offenses. Mm. Now we are coming to the final section. <laughs> If one commit any of the above offenses, one must read at least one chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. This is confirmed in the Skanda Purana, Avanti Khanda. Uh, similarly, there is another injunction stating that one who reads the thousand names of Vishnu can be released from all offenses. In the, sa in the same Skanda Purana, Revakhanda, it is said that one who recites prayers to Tulasi or sows a Tulasi seed is also freed from all offenses. Similarly, one who worships the Saligram Shila can also be relieved of offenses. In the Brahmanda Purana, it is stated that one who worships Lord Vishnu, uh, whose four hands bear a conchal disc lotus flower and club can be relieved from the above offenses. In the Adi Varaha Purana, it is said that a worshipper who has committed offenses may fast for one day at the holy place known as uh, Shavukarava and then bathe in the Ganges. So there are different recommendations if you commit offense how to rectify. We have the Aparatha Chodhana Mantra which we chant after the deity worship. In the process of worshiping the deity, there's a final, final section, two paragraphs, that's very interesting. We can hear and we can leave it at that because we don't have a lot of time. In the process of worshiping the deity, it is sometimes enjoined that one worship the deity within the mind. In the Padma Purana, Uttarakhanda, it is said, all persons can generally worship within the mind. In the Gaudamiya Tantra state, states, for a sannyasi who has no home, worship of the deity within the mind is recommended. In the Narada Pancharatra, it is said that by Lord Narayana, by, that worship of the deity within the mind is called Manasa Puja. One can become free from the four miseries by, the, by this method. Sometimes worship from the mind can be independently executed according to the instructions of Avirhotramuni, uh, one of the Navayogendras, as mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam, one may worship the deity by chanting all the mantras. Eight kinds of deities are mentioned in the Shastra, which we discussed, and the mental deity is one of them. In this regard, the following description is given in the Brahma Vaivarta Purana. So we'll read this one paragraph. There's a very interesting story, very good for meditation. In the city of Pradishthanapura, long ago, there resided a Brahmana who was poverty-stricken but innocent and not dissatisfied. One day, he heard a discourse in an assembly of Brahmanas concerning how to worship the deity in the temple. In that meeting, he also heard that the deity may be worshipped within the mind. After this incident, the Brahmana having bathed in the Godavari river began mentally worshipping the deity. He would wash the temple within his mind and then in his imagination he would bring water from all sacred rivers in golden and silver water, water pots. He collected all kinds of valuable paraphernalia for worship and he worshipped the deity very gorgeously, beginning from bathing the deity and ending with offering arati. Thus he felt great happiness. After many years had passed in this way, one day within his mind he cooked nice sweet rice with ghee to worship the deity. He placed the sweet rice on a golden dish and offered to Lord Krishna. 
but he felt that the sweet rice was very hot and therefore he touched it with his finger this is in the mind in his meditation he touched the finger he immediately felt that his finger had been burned by the hot sweet rice and thus he began to lament so even though he touched the sweet rice in the mind in his meditation with his finger but actually his his finger got burnt <laughs> uh, so so he began to lament while the brahmana was in pain lord vishnu in vaikuntha in the spiritual world began smiling and the goddess of fortune inquired from the lord why he was smiling lord vishnu then ordered his associates to bring the brahmana to vaikuntha see he got perfection directly by worshiping the lord within the mind so potent thus the brahmana attained the liberation of samipya the facility of living near the supreme personality of godhead so can you see even that process is so powerful so if we cannot do external worship while we are traveling if uh, particularly in regard to home deities one has to at least do manasa puja worship within the mind everything the same but do everything in the mind at least one has to do that and that worship is also been accepted by the lord see here the brahmana offered everything very openly in the mind and the lord accepted in the golden pot so we don't have golden pot even in our deity worship when we are offering dress or ornaments we can actually think that these are actually please consider them as made of gold silver and jewels one can offer so we can have that kind of meditation if you are offering simple fruits one can meditate this is this nectar please accept it this is what we have but consider this as nectar and please accept so we can have this kind of meditation even when we are doing normal deity worship so i just conclude here thank you very much we don't have time for questions so already few minutes past 9 hare krishna thank you hare krishna